Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to the number one morning show to get your pre-market prep started. Let's dive into today's topics. Of course, we're going to be talking about Netflix. Yes, we'll talk all about their earnings, what happened with subscribers. Then we'll get into some other earnings. We got Biogen, Abbott Labs. We'll also talk, of course, about the CHIPS Act. We'll touch a little bit about some pre-announcement coming from Bath and Body Works continuing to look at more pre-announcements probably mentioned out there from earnings this uh, quarter. Also, CDC news, the government agency dropping the COVID program for the cruise industry. Who's going on a cruise? Let me know in the chat. And of course, we got our special guest today, Tommy Lackey, managing per, uh, partner and portfolio manager at Relativity Capital Advisors, powerinvesting.com. Let's dive into today's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, all my bots and traders on out there. How we doing, Dennis? Welcome we got bots? to the show. We always got bots, man. Come man, on, man. We got to get them Elon. checking out our bot count here and see what's going on. If you know, if the pre if pre market prep show is going to get bought here by Elon it, Musk, he'll be concerned about the bot count. Yeah, you know, I've been talking to my lawyers. I've been trying to get out of my contract because of the bots. You know, the bots, <laughs> man, the bots. I know. Yeah, that's and, yeah. That, and the saga continues there too. We'll get into that in a second. But we had a nice rally going. I mean, we were rallying. Rally, Maybe rally. We could throw that the pitcher's the name S&P is Sally. Features. We were looking good here a little while ago earlier this morning, and we just slow and steady leak and leak and leak and leak and leak, so, and leak man. And, and yeah, now we're... let's bring up those charts there, Mitch. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to show I, you guys. They are saying I it's haircut time. It is haircut time. I got to talk to my wife. She's been very haircut? busy with this house, but she's a lawnmower, man. Serious, this haircut. <laughs> it's crazy, let's... man. This morning, it's absolutely crazy. Let's take a look at the overnight action. We were kind of uh, pushing on up. Now we've leaked a little bit since around 6.30 to 6.35. Started yeah. leaking back towards that 3.91 level. I'm going to take a look here on the daily. And the big level just hold is... That, hold that chart on the pre-market, Mitch. Just going yeah. back to that because lots of people want to see where that action was. And you're flying around so much that it's hard to you know see. Point out to where the action... We were trading up the entire night and then just stopped moving the chart. Because <laughs> yep. you're going so fast, you're, you're so Mitch, you're so excited, you're going so so fast. So just go in and to the middle, and you can see where that sell off was. You can't see it with my mouse, but if you go, yeah, that was a stabilization. And then we had a whoosh. If you right look right at that around six thirty to six thirty five, we started selling off pretty hard, and then we've continued to leak a little bit ever since. So it was looking like it was going to be another bullish day, and we've leaked away the gains here. Nothing to be too concerned about, but. Um, again, stocks here just shows you we're not going up in a straight line. Um, yeah. This is the way 2022 is. It's choppy. You're in mm-hmm. choppy waters still. And if you're chasing like you were two days ago, 
then you get the big pullback that we get two days ago. So I'm going to say this is still not the market to chase. And I am a buyer of stocks. I am a buyer of dips. The dip was two days ago. It wasn't yesterday and it wasn't last night. That it wasn't. Um, well, one thing I do want to point is the rally that we had, right? And then that was a rally right back after coming down the day prior. Now we're back into uh, getting right back to the resistance on the daily charts. Um, we actually passed that resistance. To me, it's around the 391.30. Now you're seeing it kind of hold that right now on this recent drop. I think that's why it's important to kind of watch. Do we kind of just dip below this 391.30s, go to maybe 390s, but hold on to the high there that we had on Monday. That's a 389.09. That's where I really would want to see it hold if it does do a pullback. But this is looking to me really strong. It's looking like it wants to get into this gap zone. If it could get into that, that would be around the 395s going on up there towards the 401. So somewhere in between there, I think eventually we make a rally back up there. Um, that's why I'm feeling a little bit more bullish today than maybe others. But hey, to each his own. I think that rally yesterday was definitely pretty strong in a lot of the chips. But let's get into uh, also. I, uh, I just want to say before you take the show on, I want to talk about yeah. the markets a little bit here too. So I agree with you. I think a good target would be 4,000 eventually or 400 on the SPY. I just don't think it's going to be. Well, it, it, well, it's hard to say. It's going to matter on Tesla tonight. So if Tesla comes out and actually has a good number, like solid expectations, you know, um, I, I, I think the expectations are. Like with Netflix, and we're going to get into that, you know, it was kind of easy to get over that bar. I don't know if the Tesla bar is going to be as easy for Tesla to get over. So that's what scares me. And I think, you know, it's going to be, you know, we can analyze anything technically. We can analyze the market from a technical basis. But Tesla's earnings is what is going to matter to this market. It's going to move the entire market tonight. So, I mean, last night you can say, oh, well, IBM. Nobody cares about IBM. Netflix, yeah. They don't care about Netflix as much anymore either. It was bringing up some tech stocks last night, but not going to have the influence that Tesla does. And Tesla's going to be a major mover. And then, like I said Thursday, don't you know, don't shy away from the snap earnings. You've got to pay attention to those because it's going to be your indicator for how online advertising is going. And Google trades off of Snap. I know people don't believe it, but it absolutely has happened the last three quarters. If Snap starts to tank, Google goes down too. And then that brings the whole market down. So we got to pay attention to the snap earnings on Thursday as well. But it's going to be Tesla that matters tonight. And that will dictate on whether we can get to that 4000 or not. I'm still a buyer of dips on stocks, but Tesla is going to be a big tell here for the overall market. Definitely. And um, we'll continue to watch. Now, one thing before we get into the earnings that happened overnight, I wanted to touch Bitcoin because... Man, we've had a, a good, decent rally here on Bitcoin. If you guys see it, it's ripping as high as 23800 uh, 23, there. So you guys see it right now. It's at 23775 We'll see if this can continue to happen. Also, Ethereum climbed about $1,500. Um, they're a uh, highly anticipated upgrade for its network called the Merge. So you're seeing a lot of interest coming into not only Bitcoin, but also a lot of the Bitcoin stocks with this recent run. Um, so it's something to keep on watch. If I feel like if the markets keep rallying, we'll get Bitcoin to keep rallying, but I don't know if it can get past this uh, kind of 3,000, uh, 30,000 level. I think we could get back into this gap zone where we gap down and there's kind of this push right here towards the 2,800s. Uh, but 
What do you think there? It would be 28,000 there. I think you're just getting, you know, the retrace. And obviously, I've talked about this, you know, retracement. Stocks don't move straight down. They don't move straight up. It's more waves. You're waving up right now. But we still are in a clear downtrend in Bitcoin. You are absolutely correct. The NASDAQ and market continues to go higher. Bitcoin will go higher too. Don't kid yourself. It's positively correlated with the NASDAQ and with risk assets. And risk assets are getting bought right now. Does that mean we're going straight back up to 30000 on Bitcoin? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be clear sailing. 25000 is a logical stopping point, I think. Just, you know, ballpark, big uh, big number. Um, that That's where I think maybe it's trying to make a run for it. But we were saying a week and a half ago, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be short Bitcoin when it was 19000 for the simple reason is that the Marvel market and the NASDAQ started to look like it was turning. And the market actually started, NASDAQ started to turn the day before Bitcoin did. And then Bitcoin picked it up too. So there's tells. It's those relationships you've got to understand. The hardcore Bitcoiners will say you're nuts. Look, there's no relationship. But in the short term, in the last year, you're crazy if you don't see the relationship. NASDAQ, Bitcoin, positively correlated together. The masses, you know, the retail masses are in both. So that is why it is now linked up with the NASDAQ. Could that change in the future? Absolutely. Relationships aren't always just holding together. But my job as a trader and a relationship-based trader is to identify new relationships because those are the best because the algos aren't all over them and to extract alpha from those relationships. And right now, Bitcoin and crypto is definitely correlated with NASDAQ. 23.8 showing up as resistance multiple times. We'll see if we're able to get through that on the 15 minute. You can see it here from about about 1600 uh, yesterday, around four o'clock yesterday. It started really kind of bashing up there. Has hit it multiple times. We'll see if it can get through the resistance on Bitcoin. All right, let's get out of Bitcoin back sure. into, of course, our earning stocks. But before we dive deep into Netflix, um, I do want to mention here that we are seeing here the S&P 500 companies that have reported earnings so far. Um, of those companies, nearly 69% have beaten analyst expectations. And that's according to FactSet. thought that was an interesting stat there to kind of mention. Now let's start diving into the Netflix numbers. And it looks like, you know, I wasn't too far off. They got a little bit better than the net subscribers. Didn't get into the positives, but Netflix here, Q2 EPS at $3.20, beating the $2.96 estimate. Sales were at $7.97 billion, missing the $8.04 billion estimate. Netflix previously guided to lose 2 million subscribers in the second quarter, but reported a loss of $970,000. Thousand uh, subscribers lost, so less than a million there. The ad sub- supported plan is targeted to launch in the early part of 2023, so we still got a while for that to kind of show up in the earnings. And they did forecast, though, I think this is interesting that it will add 1 million net subscribers in the third quarter, so expecting a positive in the third quarter. This is an example of it wasn't that bad. And that's why they're rallying the stock. A lot of people are looking, well, look, they're still losing subscribers. They're still, you know, for you know, their their guidance not good at all here either. I mean, even looking for Q3, 214 versus 277 doesn't sound good at all. But we're in this situation where the expectations for Netflix were absolutely in the gutter. You know, the stock is trading at the lowest valuation it's ever traded at. 
And if they said anything okay, the stock was likely to rally on it. Does that mean we're ripping higher to 250? This isn't the report that blows you blows you away. So I'm long Netflix. Obviously, actually, it's my wife and her registered account that's long Netflix. Um, it's coming back, actually, because I bought it before. And then I actually bought it again at about 175 And I think my cost basis is in the mid-200s now. So I'm actually not that far from uh, being back. But two, 250 I mean, that was the high on 248 back on the high on April the 20th. But I don't even think you're, you know, I, I'd be concerned that if he even holds these gains because the report was not fantastic. So getting the snapback rally, we squeeze them a little bit. People who were expecting, you know, just terrible earnings and shorts of stock. I think this is more of a rally to fade as opposed to, and again, I'm always fading rallies. I'm talking a little bit against my buck. I'm not selling my position here because I try. I still believe Netflix long-term um, is going to figure it out. But short-term here, it's a nice pop. The earnings weren't that great, but they weren't that bad. So I get it while it's up, why it's up. But I don't think this is one that I chase. Yeah, it's one that uh, I think, you know, it's changing its outlook, right? It's, I think it's really trying to change from a growth stock into a value stock. Well, the market and, has done that. They're not trying. The company isn't actively trying to change to a value well, stock. Well, now, Companies now that's, don't do that. It's the market that does that. And yeah, it, it is chose a value it. stock, Mitch. It chose it. But their, their, their strategy is now towards more profitability than it is of course, growth. And I mean, of course, the market kind of made that happen. But I think that's one thing that United kind of watch now, right, is we saw them miss on their sales, right? So we're going to continue to watch how if they can get back above. And can they add net subscribers? Again, can we actually see an addition? I think that's what I'm going to be watching for. Um, if that happens in the third quarter, let's say for some reason, they're able to add more than that 1 million, could they get 2 million on the added that definitely will start bringing the bounce back, I think, in Netflix. But to each his own, let's take a look at the relationship and how Disney traded off of this number. Uh, you can see it back, back above the 100 here. I'll, I'll throw it to Dennis. You think it holds the 100 today? Um, it depends on Netflix. Netflix is your leader if you're trading Disney today. Absolutely, there's a relationship there, at least on Netflix earnings days, because Disney Plus is a, still a big part of Disney even though Disney gets the majority of its money from other places. So Disney's getting the pop because obviously Netflix subs weren't that, sub loss weren't that bad. Maybe Disney is going to be doing okay as well. Um, I've been in Disney. It's one of the largest positions in my long-term portfolio here now. I've added to it three or four times. Um, So it's more than a normal size position even for me now. I think there's value there. Um, With that being said, stock's been in the gutter. It's in a clear downtrend still. You know, and, and we just rallied 10% in four days. So this is not the time to chase. I mean, when stocks are in downtrends, you got to still be, even if you're buying, I mean, you still want to be buying on dips. You want to be buying on those rips. And we just ripped from $90 to 101 in basically five trading sessions. That's a big move for a stock that's been beaten up. Like we're talking 12% move. So always something happening. Um, <laughs> those are alerts on different, um, alerts, I've, I've, alert. got, I've got alerts on different stocks and stuff And this iPad. When it goes off, it's linked right to different news sources, different, you know, and anyway, so that's what that was. But, um, going back to Disney, I, it's good that it's above a hundred. We got to keep an eye on Netflix. If Netflix can hold the gains. Disney's likely to hold the gains today too. If Netflix rolls over, Disney will absolutely roll over. And there's other ones to watch with this as well. Paramount, P-A-R-A. Obviously, trading higher on the Netflix earnings as well. You can go into Warner Brothers, WBD, 
that's trading higher on Netflix as well. So keep an eye on those stocks. Again, Netflix will be your leader. If I'm trading those stocks, not so much concerned about what's happening in the price action of Disney. I'm caring about what the price action of Netflix is. This is what a lot of people do wrong. They come in, they trade Disney, they look at a chart on Disney. You're trading Disney today, you're going to be looking at the chart of Netflix because Netflix will lead. Definitely. You got to look at the leader on the relationship, right? What's taking hold of it? What's driving it? Of course, it's all off the Netflix earnings. So we'll see if it has a leader lagger type of trade today um, and what Disney can do. Uh, let's go towards the next earnings. We can get out of Netflix. We can go into Biogen here as one that's been on my radar because biotech has been so strong lately, right? Uh, yeah, we I we mean, just missed Roku though. Before you just take the show away, I want to mention Roku as well. Obviously, oh, the relationship uh, th those, yeah with Netflix. Yeah, so Roku it moves. You know, if you're talking about what's going to move off Netflix, Roku's going to move the most. Awesome. So um, Roku trading up two percent here this morning. It was trading up higher on Netflix earlier. Um, and Roku, interesting chart there yesterday. I mean, stock was way down at one point in time, and then like it opened. And it absolutely tanked right off the open yesterday. Yeah. And then beat bottom and came all the way back up. So if you are trading Roku, it's major resistance up here at 92 to 93. Keep an eye on Netflix if you're trading Roku. Now bring it back over to Biogen. All right, let's go to the Biogen. Sorry, I had the messages over there. Let's take a look how their earnings came on in. EPS coming in here on the beat and a beat. Here, EPS at $5.25, beating the $4.10 estimate. Sales were at $2.59 billion, beating the $2.48 billion estimate here. Let's take a look there. It, you know, it, it gave a very small spike, um, but really not much. It's actually down a little bit here from uh, yesterday's close. Muted response to earnings. One thing to consider on all biotech stocks especially some of the bigger ones or, or not so much the bigger ones but they're on biotech stocks is sometimes they don't move that much on earnings it's more on drug expectations you know where you mm -hmm. get like and we obviously know they got the alzheimer's drug working you know and there's been a whole you know obviously a lot of news over the last year and a half with that with that drug lily's got a similar drug working as well but when you get into biogen it sometimes cares more about you know drug news than does its own earnings report. So a lot of times the response to earnings on a stock like Biogen is muted. We're seeing that here this morning again. I'm long the stock in the long-term portfolio. I've had it been there for about 14 years, maybe 15 years. My average cost basis on it, I believe, is $46. I would wish I would have sold it all at 447 Did not sell it or when it got up there on the Alzheimer's drug news last year. Back down to 220 It's absolutely a value stock at this story. I mean, the PE on this thing is like, it's, it's kicking around seven or eight the last time I looked. So it's cheap. Um, I think long-term, I think the stock still, it will be a winner while it's in my long-term portfolio, but short-term going to move off of um, that Alzheimer's headlines with their, that drug and any other drugs that they're working on. We'll keep watch on this. It's been a strong industry and I, I, you know, I see some bottoming on the daily. The big thing I think we need to just get back above here. Uh, get into the 225 handle. If that could happen, I could see uh, Biojet getting a lift. We'll see what happens today. Let's get towards the next one here, which is Abbott Labs here. Let's go towards ABT.
All right, so ABTM Labs here coming in at an adjusted EPS at a dollar forty-three, beating the dollar twelve estimate. Sales at eleven point three billion, beating the ten point two nine billion estimate. Also, Abbott Lab raised its uh, full year twenty twenty-two adjusted EPS guidance to four dollars and ninety cents uh, versus the four dollars and eighty-eight cent estimate. Oh, I had Abbott Labs in the long-term portfolio forever. Um, I bought it back, I'm going to say about 2015, 2014, somewhere in there. Um, probably, I'm looking at the chart. Maybe it was 2016. Well, when did I, actually, I, I know when I bought it because that's when AbbVie came out. So I actually got the spinoff from AbbVie. I always joke I've had AbbVie since birth, since it spun off. So there, I believe 2015 was when AbbVie came out. If I'm looking at my shirts here, right? 2016. So, so, yeah, 2015. So, so um, looking at Abbott, I've had in there a long time. I sold it. I can't remember why I sold it. I think it just got so much COVID love that I sold it last year, and I believe it was in 2021. I sold it early too, but the stock had just run and run and run because they had the test, the COVID. And I was like, the stock has run from basically $80 up to 120 all on this COVID stuff. And I just felt like, it was eventually going to give some of it back. It it went higher. It has started to get some of it back. It's still a fairly cheap stock, 1.75% dividend as well. Major resistance on Abbott here at 110. It's going the other way off of earnings. If it goes to reverse, going to have that 110 resistance here. Again, this is going to be a quiet one. This is one that moves 10% on earnings here. It moves a couple of percent. It doesn't really move around that much. So I have no position on Abbott anymore. At a certain point in time, if it got back down at 80s, I might get back in it, but... Kind of here, 108, 109, 110, where you know, a lot of their money had been coming from the COVID tests. And I don't think COVID is in front and center anymore. So I think there's easier places to make money than ABT. One thing I'll be watching is if it can get above that 110 level, right? We'll see if it closes above that. That's definitely the resistance. Dennis pointing it out. I mean, you can see it clearly. It's held there for now. It's been stuck in this kind of sideways action for about 26 days, so almost about a month. Um, just keep watch. We'll see if Abbott Labs shakes kind of the 110s or the 107 on the downside. All right, let's continue going. Let's get out of the earnings talk, at least the earnings that actually hit. Um, we can talk about earnings that are coming on up. Definitely pay attention. Uh, of course, we already mentioned today, uh, Tesla after the bell, United Airlines after the bell. Uh, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a little prediction on Tesla. What do you think? We'll take a little lunch bet. 
765 or I'll do 700 on the downside. I actually let's go look at the options. Let's get the expected expected move. Yeah. That's always the first thing you want to do if you're trading these stocks into earnings. If you're not looking at the expected move, obviously, with CC coming on the show, you know, once a month or so, and we should probably bring him on more as analysis is just spot on. But the first thing you got to do if you're ever trading a stock that is reporting earnings, I typically don't trade stocks going to earnings. Obviously, if they're in my long term portfolio, I hold them. But if you're so inclined to trade these, if you're not looking at the expected move, you're missing so much information. We'll do a quick teaching of the expected move. So you bring up the options chain. Obviously, options are closed. They don't open till 930, but we can take the options from the closing price of yesterday. It had closed around 736. So if we grab the closest strike and you want to grab the weekly, so you want to look at the options that are expiring July the 22nd. If you go grab the weekly calls and or, and the puts at 735, you can see the 735 calls closed to $25. The 735 puts closed around $24. So we could round and just say it's, it's about an expected $50 move. So options oh, traders man, are saying Jager. this can move as much as $50. So now you can set up the range. If you think option traders are going to be correct, if this company you know disappoints, then you start thinking buyers are going to start to emerge probably around that 685 level. You go the other way, and you can take it up you know 50 points on top of the 736, and you say sellers will probably start to emerge around 785 if it stays in the expected moves. If stock blows it away, they can get outside the expected move, but really you know if it's kind of you know right in there, they kind of like to stay within their expected move. So that's the first analysis. So the range would be 685 to 785, which is a crazy range. I think that's too high. That expected move, I don't anticipate. We're rolling over here right now, by the way, um, on on the overall market. I don't know what just happened because I'm giving Tesla analysis, but something happened. Uh, We just dropped 15 handles here. So Mitch, look in the background while I'm uh, yeah, just uh, jump, jump in, continue. There's that the action analysis. that you guys can see. Our, our, ch- our chat will probably be all over it too. Something just happened. Somebody said something. Um, so going back, Tesla, that's the range, 785. This is a complete coin flip. I don't know what to think. I tend to think that the bar is a little bit higher for Tesla, and I'm somewhat scared that because that bar is a little higher and it's still an automotive company, I think there's still demand for Tesla products. Don't kid yourself. It's a high-end car. Like we had Michelle Krebs on yesterday. High-end is still selling. Tesla are high-end cars. So they're not going to be getting hit like a Ford and GM, I don't think. But at the same time, were expectations too high for Tesla? We're going to find out tonight. All right. I have a report here from Reuters. I think it hit a paper that happened there. So I'm going to bring this in here. Mitch, your mic is just coming in and out. I guess you got to stay close to that mic. It should be fine, but I don't know. Hold on a second there. Um, So Russian President Putin said that there's a risk that the equipment could be switched off and Nord Stream 1 stopped after the return from Canada of the turbine. Uh, So that's coming out of Reuters. um, And that came out right at that time. Bring up oil chart. Let's see what's happening with oil here. Let's see here. Mitch going to go grab the oil. This one, you're on the live show here and trying to do Tesla analysis and something happens. And oil did just start to roll over there a little bit too, maybe dragging some of the market down with it here. So it's funny. Oil was inversely correlated with the market for a while and it's back to positively correlated. So these relationships, there are dynamic and they continue to change. So 
But crude's not moving too much here. S&P's dropped about 10 handles there. So something spooked the market. We might still be digging here. CNBC is sleeping on it too because they're talking about gas. So anyway, something well, happened here a couple minutes ago. That's more because that's the, the natural gas pipeline, right? And so I think uh, Boyle being up, UNP being up here now, let's add that outlook here. I continue to be there. Down Mitch, there. Mitch, your mic, and if you move away from it, this is one thing good about a headset. You stay with a headset, your head moves, but when you're moving away from your mic, we totally lose your volume altogether. It doesn't pick it up unless you're talking right into that. No worries. I just, I just got to bring up my volume there. There okay. you go. Yeah, bring it up pick because it up. we continue to lose yeah, your mic's body as you walk away from it, so we don't want to do that. All um, right. That should be perfect there. Now you should be able to pick me up. Okay, yeah, you're good here now. So anyways, S&P's just dropped another 10-point handles here from where we just were. So a little sell-off, not a big deal. Um, this is going right. to be choppy markets. This is what I'm talking about. I'm like, it's not the market we come in, you know, and you're like, okay, yeah, we're up 100 handles. Let's buy stocks. No, that hasn't worked in 2022. You're buying two days ago when we, were, when we had the three, remember two days ago? When we had the 389 open on SPY. And then we puked all day and we closed with the lowest 381, 382. That's when you're striking if you want to buy stocks. And boom, and then you're up the 100 handles. You were buying stocks two days ago, 389. You know, you got a 100-point rally and you're back to where you were. So you've got to time these right. And again, I'm going to keep pounding it in everyone's head because this is what is working in 2022. 2020, 2021 were years that chasing was working. But in history in markets, chasing doesn't work very well. Some days it will work, but more often than not, when you're chasing stocks, you probably get hurt. I had this trader that started day trading, and I was at the Bright Trading Office in 1999, and I started, and I had another trader that sat beside me that started, and he would chase every single move. Like, he'd jump on, stock would start going, he'd like, oh, this one's going, this one's going, i got to buy this one, and then it would turn and come down on him. And it was like consistent. I was like, this guy is just like consistently losing money. I'm like, you know, you think like stock markets, 50-50, right? You should be making, you know, it's buy or sell. So you, know, you can buy or you can short the stock. It's a little bit 50-50 game. But he was consistently losing money. And I was like learning from him because I was like, you know, raw rookie. You know, Joel was, you know, my mentor in there because Joel had been trading for a lot of years. And he was the manager of the Bright Trading Office, how I met Joel. Um, but the main thing I learned from his mistakes was don't chase. Don't just jump in and start chasing moves. You got to pick your spots. You got to pick your setups. But if you're seeing what's going and you're jumping on that moving train so many times, you fall under the tracks. So yesterday, huge move up. We just ride 100 points on the S&P in one day. So that's a big move. So am I coming in necessarily chasing, you know, rah, rah, last night? We're up another 20. Yes, let's go straight to 4,000 doesn't work that way usually usually there's pullbacks like i said in 2020 it was paying to chase it get up 100 we go up another 100 this is not those markets anymore they give you the second chance in 2022 so don't chase so i'll have you uh take the bet here um are we gonna go upside there tesla downside i'll take a lunch bet here i'm gonna go Let's go downside here. It's a coin guess. flip. I'm not even going to do a lunch bet with you, Mitch, just because it's a complete coin flip. But I would go downside with you. So if yeah, I was just, doing just it, just I would be on the not same side as you. I tend to think I have a, I have just that inkling, that uh, feeling that Tesla expectations are a little bit too high. And I'm worried about their guide, too, although Musk is never one that really guides bad. And Musk has done so many things right. As a CEO, he's just been you know, he talks too much a little bit on Twitter, but phenomenal what he's done with Tesla, you know, and everybody should, you know, 
you know, they like to make fun of when he took his shirt off and he looks heavy or whatever. That's because he's working so many hours. You know, this guy is the guy you want working. He's not the guy that's worried about getting to the gym and worrying about my bod. He's worried about running his companies. That's the kind of person that I want to invest with. If Tesla had a reasonable valuation, I would absolutely own it. You know, SpaceX was public and a reasonable valuation, I would absolutely own it. So I'm a big believer and a big fan of Musk. It's just I'm not a big fan of buying stocks with huge PEs and especially in 2022. All right, let's get out of the earnings talk there. We can go and switch on over to the important talk, at least on the chips factor here. Let's talk about the U.S. Senate here passing uh, the major hurdle in the CHIPS Act, voted 64 to 34 in favor of advancing the CHIPS Act, which sets the stage for the final consideration of the bill. The bill would bring $52 billion in grants to semiconductor industry to boost manufacturing, supply chain, research, and development. Let's take a look at some of these semiconductors and how they made moves yesterday. The- well, and you think about this, and they were all moving up after this got announced last night. It came out about 7.30, the bill passed. AMD was ripping higher, and Intel was ripping higher at $41. If you look at the after-hours chart, video was ripping higher here. Um, you know, you got Marvell. You've you got so many chip stocks, but you're looking at the U.S., um, obviously, companies here, and you would naturally think Taiwan Semiconductor gets hit on this. Um, but they had big moves going into this vote. So that's the one thing you got to consider is a lot of the move happened the last three days. I mean, AMD, when I, I, I said I bought the more of the shares, you know, around $75 or $76, like four days ago, it's $86 here today. It just ran 10, it just ran 13% in five days. That's a good year, you know, 13% in five days. So you look at here and you think, okay, well, I'm not buying AMD now. So the people who are buying up at 87 last night, a lot of this, you know, maybe running into this vote. So we knew what was happening in the past. You know, it's going to be, is it a difference maker for these companies? It's going to help. They're going to get, you know, obviously some grants, you know, coming. It's going to help a bit, but I don't know how big of a difference maker it's going to be. Um, with that being said, I think a lot of the news is already priced into these stocks. AMD, Marval. I bought my Marval $41, you know, a week and a half ago. It's 52 so these are big moves here now. So now you got to get a pullback to really get in these stocks. Somebody talked about NVIDIA and asked about it three or four days ago. I was like, I kind of like the setup. I was thinking it was kind of moving. Well, it just ran from 155 to 170. So there's a tidy little 10% move in three days. These are big moves, folks. You're coming in now. You're doing it backwards. Can it continue to move? They can. You know, we don't know where the train's going to stop, but you are absolutely drop, jumping on a moving train. And like I said, with that trader, you know, with the trader beside me in 1999, whenever he's jumping on the moving trains, more often than not, he fall under the tracks. We'll see what happens there. And I do agree. It's been a big run in the semiconductors uh, this week. We'll see if it can continue. Looks like, um, of course, now the news on out. Could it be a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of event? We'll see today. That, that's All what right. appears to be happening right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what exactly it appears. That. But it's All early. Right. It's early. We'll see how the market opens. All right, let's get out of the CHIPS Act. Let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest today. I want to go ahead and bring on here Tommy Lackey here. Let's go ahead. Let me get – I know I had the banner here. Let me go ahead and just bring him on. I'll get the banner ready there. How are you doing, Tommy? Welcome to the show here. Doing great, guys. How are you all doing today? All right, doing great. Ready to dive on in here. We had a lot of action, of course, uh, Netflix earnings. What did you first get out of that? Did you expect to see a little bit of a beat on the subscribers? 
Um, no, honestly, again, I don't pay much attention to that side. I just pay attention to whether y'all are happy about the earnings themselves or not. And then the reaction that mm-hmm. actually happens. I mean, and that's just really the way I go down is, I mean, it's nice to know whether everybody felt like it was a beat or not, or better than expected or not. But, you know, I think we're at the stage at this point and it started a couple of weeks ago. I mean, even Micron's a good example to where we're at the point to where now we're having quote unquote bad news that's getting better reactions. And if the, that's probably our best sign of anything. Dennis has been talking about it for a little while. Y'all talked about buying dips this morning is that we have had a change in character over the last three to four weeks. It's just been hard to see in the middle of all the noise. Yeah. And it's just really hard to pick up. And it's been in some of the spaces that people just have no expectation for and also aren't coming out with great news. I mean, I'll throw out quickly and we'll go back to Netflix. But I mean, one of the one of the best outperformers over the last four weeks in the ETF world has been ITB, the home builders. Quiet, yeah. And, you know, Quiet it's things rallier. like that to where we're getting that opposite reaction to news, and that's what we needed to see to get some kind of a bottom put in better than we've seen the last couple of times this year. And, Tommy, so far so good, I would say. I mean, we've had a couple of good earnings reports, but we've had a couple of bad ones, too. And like I, like I said, even go to back to three weeks ago and Micron guided down, stock got hit. But then two days later, the stock just started rallying and it hasn't looked back. Wells Fargo earnings were not good at all, and they turned around and bought that earnings report and then have not stopped rallying it since. This Netflix report wasn't fantastic either, but it was good enough. So, I mean, I think expectations here are just so much in the gutter that if these companies can say anything okay, some of them are rallying. Oh, correct. And that's exactly, I mean, that's typically how it does work with earnings in those scenarios. And again, none of us can really say here whether this is the bottom, but a bottom, I think, is certainly trying to form here and has. And I think you're in a situation to where now you're also in the situation, this is the third chance at a bottom. Yeah. And the first couple disappointed pretty much everybody. So now we're at a position to where a lot of people are, a lot more people are non-believers as yep. well on top of where we're sitting with the way these charts are shaping up. Um, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it is that we really have to be looking for opportunities. You made a very good point earlier in the show about not chasing, but where I think the key might be is, is that looking to, um, for lack of a better way to put it, we've seen a lot of the best names and the first responders come out at this point and make their breaks and make their runs. Some of the earnings that really get attention, things like that are starting to see some good moves. Um, I think, you know, tractor supply company was one that moved decently yesterday, not on earnings, just in general out of a small pattern. Uh, if it held it, I, I left it midday, but some of those other areas and, uh, I think you got to look at it from that scenario that if there are some of these first responder names that have already gone, you can go down a level or two within the same sector or space, and you can probably find areas that are still pre-breakout. Um, so you're right about not chasing those top names, but I think this is the scenario to where you have a lot of second-tier names that might follow up if right. this does become a run that goes into, like you said, ES maybe 4,000. Or I think there's even a chance back up to the 4,200 range before we really change to anything all that wonderful. It could still be in a major downtrend and get up to 4,200-ish. So, you know, we have some scenarios there that I think this could be, after two disappointing bounces, this could be the bounce that sucks everybody back in and then rolls back over. 
but at the same time it could very well be the bounce that actually does bring back some liquidity and maybe we just you know grind our way through it so we can't tell if it's the bottom but i certainly think that they have enough charts now setting up that a bottom could very well have been put in i I love what you're saying and it's like the leaders laggards which i always preach on this show you'll see you know you know stocks that are your leaders and you know i trade the laggards off that what you're looking for is okay well we've kind of you know look like we're getting some health and some leaders here now what hasn't moved yet you know what kind of stocks And here's what I would say is there's even more than that. I think there's a part that everybody misses. So many people do focus leaders and laggers, but there's kind of a middle road there too. You know, in these sectors, you can have 60, 70, 80 names, and we usually talk about four. And so it's like, yeah, four great ones, four terrible ones. And there are 35 in the middle that have good earnings, good positioning, good whatever, especially in places like semiconductors, you just have to be able to find them. I mean, that's the whole setup not to lead into mine because I'm working on it right now. We're having some issues with some of the charting, but that's the whole setup of power investing is to say, once you find the space you want to be in, it doesn't always have to be the top three names. There's a lot of other names there that move very well. And especially when you get in that mid cap area and things like that in a hot space, that's where your largest moves come from. Even if they are five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, they still can be very large spreads over what an Intel would move or what a Broadcom would move or something like that. So we got Carly in the chat. She's saying, I'm sick about the move, about missing the move. Tommy, I'm hoping you've got a couple of stocks maybe that haven't went yet that, you know, maybe, you know, and this is you know, this is me too. I mean, everybody gets the same thing. You see this move up, like, oh, I've missed it. But there may be some laggards that you know you haven't missed yet. So I'm hoping you got a couple names there, Tommy. You had track well, supply, but you know it's not just laggards. It's the scenario of again looking at these small bases and where they've come and kind of where they have to go to. One I was looking at that I thought looked interesting. That's earnings have already passed. Is look at STT State Street Corporation. Again, one of our big ETF players out there. Yeah. Go to that daily chart. Because earnings are already passed. And now look where the daily sits. Yeah. You know, that's a chart right now that's definitely improving, has moved above this small base. Um, After the earnings, it gapped up and it did not fail. Um, And now we're in a situation, I mean, we all know what this company does. They run a ton of the ETFs out there. That's not a market that's going anywhere. So, you know, we're, we're in a scenario to where these, that's one of the ones that just happened to pop up on one of the lists that I run through my relative strength rankings. Yeah. Um, and it's a scenario to where that's what you've got to be willing to do right now to find some of these names. You know, I'm still, I'm of the opinion on things like energy. Um, I like the energy space again, now that it's gotten just rocked. Yeah, I think um, so Most too. of them got beat down below. They went all the way from very extended over the 200, 200 days, beat down below them. They based for two weeks and now they're back above them and popping back higher. I don't think the energies, I don't care how much you think you're just, you're having demand destruction. I don't think the energy situation is going away anytime soon because we have a production problem. That's our issue. And so, and we have a political problem as far as getting an energy policy that's actually financially viable. So looking into some of these areas like this, you know, another one that, uh, just pops up on one of my things just to look at. Now, earnings is in a couple of days, so I might wait and see how it settles. Um, but like URI, it looks like it wants to make a turn. Now, again, I'm not advising anybody to jump into this after yesterday's move and going yeah. into earnings in three or four days. 
But I do like the way it's shaping up. And if we don't go into a serious downturn in the economy, this is a space that's going to continue on the building some of that scenario. If ITB is turning around and it's showing strength and it doesn't just get crammed when they raise interest rates next week, which it could. But, you know, it's 20 something percent off its lows and looking like it's really shaping up some of these other rental companies, things like that, that support this construction side of the industry. If it's not dead, they sure have been beat up a lot. How do we know this isn't just another bull trap, another we don't. market? Okay. There's no way to know that. And see, that's my problem. People spend too much time on that side of the equation. Mm-hmm. on looking for, is it a bull trap? Is it a bull trap? Is it a bull trap? Like we've talked for so many years, Dennis, about the fact that I look for milestones, not targets. And that's really all it comes down to. When I enter a trade, I have a what a lot of people would call a target. I call a milestone because I want to see how it reacts at that area. So we have no idea whether this is a dead cat bounce or whether this is the new bottom. But that's the problem is every one of these things starts with a bounce. And then you have to read the markets as it's moving through those levels. Agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I kind of agree with you that at least it might not be the ultimate bottom, but there is seeming like there is a bottom playing in here. Uh, we've been seeing more of a trend of that pre-announcements. Um, do you expect to just continue seeing more of that, Tommy? I mean, yeah, probably. I mean, again, these are that scenario to where their goal is to get expectations low enough that they can then rally once they come through and, and tell whatever numbers they tell. I mean, that's been the game for decades. Dennis, you know that. You play off that game. It, it's it's just we're in the flip side of that cycle right now than we've been in for years. For years, we've been on the opposite side to where they've yeah. just kind of played coy and, and things down. But now we're really in a difficult situation. So it's just a matter of how far they pushed it and how, you know, where they feel they can get the best opportunity. I mean, again, every one of these guys now knows that they use the microphone as needed you know that's that's part of their toolbox is to use the earnings announcements and the pre-announcements and all that to try to help position things and and make sure the market is prepared for what they want them to be prepared for i mean i'm I'm wondering if the same thing wasn't with apple when you know bloomberg last week and they're talking about layoffs that they weren't trying to prepare us that the apple numbers might not be as good as you know, that, that could easily come from the company. Like they always say, oh, it's a leak or it's this. But sometimes I think the company leaks some of this information just to kind of bring expectations down a little bit to prepare the market for the potential that, you know, these earnings might not blow it away. And and I agree with that. But that's the difference in them not blowing it away and them actually not being a highly profitable company or two different scenarios. And that, again, goes back to how those expectations are built. So it's more on the mindset of what people are thinking than it is really the the valuation of some of these companies at this very fairly point. And again, it's that whole six to twelve months. Where do we think they're going to be? Yeah. Um, and I do still believe, and you know, I have part of me that says it wouldn't really make sense to me for this to be the ultimate bottom because I think there are still more logical reasons why we have issues we have to work through and things of that sort in the markets as a whole. But at the same time, again. I mean, technology has performed well for between four to eight weeks when you start looking back at some of these things and how they've been bottoming out and building bases. Again, how often are we going to argue with an eight-week base? We rarely do, except for right now because we're all beat up. 
everybody's you know, beat up and just expecting the worst. Correct. <laughs> I exactly. mean, every time I buy, my long-term portfolio goes up and starts to look a little bit better again, they pull out the rug from it and the long-term portfolio starts falling. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, I mean, Brian Shannon's a perfect example. You, you quote, he said years ago that always stuck with me is, is that if they can't scare you out, they'll wear you out. Oh, great quote. I never heard that. And one. that's a phenomenal Ryan. way to look at it as to where that's what happens is not only did they try to scare everybody out, then moving sideways for eight weeks and not getting that V rally you really wanted, where's you And I think that's where we are right now. And again, who expects a big rally in the middle of the summer? Yeah. So I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I have any crystal ball that says we're there, but there sure are a lot of reasons for it not to happen. Yeah. That everybody keeps telling me. And that's often when we see, you know, people kind of get blindsided. The trade is crowded to the to being, you know, out of stocks, the cash trade, the US dollar, you know, making new highs. The, that's crowded. And then, you know, I saw over the weekend, and I don't know what the report was, but that institutional money managers are as short as they've been on yeah. record, you know, and I don't I know if that's that accurate well. or not. There's a lot of those little yeah. uh, anecdotal areas that are that are hitting some of these levels that that are previous bottoms. I always hate looking at that though because see they look at the you look at all those little spikes that say this is where previous bottoms were and then it goes down past it another fifty percent and for six more weeks before it comes up and so it's like okay where is this actual bottom in these spikes? So yeah, the data is there, but that doesn't mean the reaction happens immediately. And that goes back to, again, we have a lot of, from a short-term standpoint, we have a lot of noise and potentially political stuff that can affect things short-term. So it's hard to say where we go into the uh, elections and that kind of scenario. And I think anyone who tries to project out like that is not, it's, it's not a good time for that. Now you just say it's a day-by-day -day market. I'm not a day trader. But at the same time, it's a market where you just watch everything day by day and try to figure out, okay, what's my best opportunity? Take profits when you have them. Maybe not the whole position, but but take pieces. You know, make sure that you're just securing things because there is no there is no big tailwind that we're working with. We just have a lot of things that are starting to look much better than people are expecting. And I think that that's often in my career when I've seen the biggest surprises happen. Well, thank you. Like always, Tommy Lackey, managing partner and portfolio manager at Relativity Capital Advisors and check out power-investing.com. Thank yes, you for coming all on, the Tommy. All the tables and relative strength charts are still updated every day and all that. I'm having some chart issues. So if you got any big Python programmers out there or trading view programmers, please hit me up. Hey, I've seen some in the chat. They might be hitting you up, Tommy. Thanks, guys. Have, have a, good have a one. great day. All right, let's continue going with some headlines on out there. We did get a Bath and Body Works uh, announcement earlier here than expected pre-announcement. Let's take a look at that. That's BBWI here. Um, let's take, see how it is trading off of that. Let's see that dip there. Let's show the chart here. What's the, uh, give us the, from the pro there, go read it to us. Yep. Q2 sales down 6.6 to 7% year over year down from the prior guidance for a low single digit increase cut EPS guidance um, from 60 cents and 65 cents on the high side to 40 cents and 41 cent there. Estimate 
was about 62 cents. It's always scary when these companies come out of the blue and cut guidance. One thing, if it's scheduled and they have earnings and they give guidance on the call and then they just come out and they're like, look, this quarter is not going well. We got to tell the market it's not going well. That's never good. So it's not, you know, and again, you have some support down here in BBWI. That was a decent dividend at 2.9%. Um, retail is struggling and certain retail stores are very much struggling. Um, so... I don't know. I don't want to be a hero here. And, you know, I'm saying I like buying dips and here's a serious dip for you here. But the company just cut guidance. You know, the stock was in the absolute gutter before COVID. Um, this was a stock that, you know, was on 18, 20 bucks, obviously. You know, this is, you know, this had the spinoff. But, you know, looking at, you know, the, the original, you know, it's chart looking back with the huge COVID bump in 2020, 2021 stock went from 20 to 80, probably never should have been that high. I'm not going to be a hero when a company comes out of the blue and cuts guidance. It's one thing. It's one thing on the call that they, you know, expectations were lower and the guidance was wishy-washy, but I don't make a lot of money buying stocks that are buying companies that have cut guidance. All right. We can continue going into the, I think it's going to be important for the cruise line today. I'm going to be watching to see how this really affects. Your them, mic's but... tough today, Mitch Wolf. We'll get that, no, that was out the, for the rest of it. That was also the mute button there. I'm, I'm also taking care of things on the side here. No, but... it's just, it's not, we can hear your voice. It just like goes quiet all of a sudden and then it's going higher. So Mitch Mike usually pretty good. So we'll try to figure out what's happening. Hey, it just it is what it is, guys. Rolling with it, rolling with it. Well, no, um, we're just saying we're going to fix it. So we'll get a sure. fix, not for today, but we'll get a fix within the show tomorrow. In other so news, uh, CDC news, the government agency dropped its COVID program for the cruise industry. So the voluntary testing before the cruises has been taken off. And so essentially, there's no testing that needs to be done anymore for the cruise industry, at least from the CDC's guidance there. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Does this affect the bookings? And do you start seeing bookings come up? in the cruise industry well we've seen the stocks come back and they've had a nice rally and probably massively oversold we talked about how oversold ccl was we were so massively oversold to 12 and then went to 10 and then to 8 i do think that there's the potential that some of these stocks actually might go bankrupt and that's why i'm staying away from this industry altogether it's just the perfect storm again where you've got obviously you know gas you know and gas is coming a little fuel is come expenses are coming down a little bit as as oil prices have come in slightly but you still have so much more fuel expenses that they're going to have in these cruise ships labor expenses are going up food costs are going up for them demand has still been strong because we're coming out of covid but i still think going forward that there might be some demand destruction in this industry too i add all that up and it says no thank you so I think, you know, you got a nice rally. I think it's nothing more than maybe a short squeeze to a certain extent or investors saying, oh, you know, here it is. They're turning around. Uh, I'd rather own tech. I'd rather own a lot of other companies and cruise ships that are burning cash. Yeah, guys, I know you guys are commenting about the mic. We'll, we'll get it fixed out there, guys. Yeah, get fixed. This, this mic is worth more than majority of headsets out there. So, Oh, he likes mic. his mic. That's okay. We're getting, I, I, like I, I mean, said, Mitch, it's, Mitch it's your a, mic's been it's fine. It's a road. We don't need to keep talking about your mic. It's been fine. We apologize for it. Um, we'll get it fixed for the next show. We'll figure it out. Let's continue going. Let's take some stocks from the chat. We got a little bit of time for ticker time here before our uh, boot camp that we'll be getting into. We'll do live trading also on there. Um, if you guys have a stock you guys want to check on out, throw it up in the chat. 
Other than that, I do want to mention that mortgage demand fell again here more than 6% last week compared to the previous week, hitting the low levels since 2000, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Also at 10 a.m., you'll get the existing home sales, uh, the SAAR report. I expect it is 5.36 million. We'll see what happens there. Um, that's existing homes. ITB, man, it's holding up. So it's interesting to watch that and see the mortgage demand pop. But ITB continuing to kind of push on to the upside. Uh, we talked ITB already. Let's grab some ticker time here from the Let's chat. Let's do it. Here. A what pile of tickers coming in. Some good ones there, too. Mitch, pick two. I'll pick two. All right, let's do Beyond Meat. Interesting one. Oh, wow, that's a good one. We haven't looked at that for a long time. Wow. Yes. Telling you, those beaten down sneaker. growth That's names. called a sneaker sneaky right short there. Short squeeze and Beyond Meat. Donald, sneaky short squeeze and Beyond Meat here. 37.56. If I was long Beyond Meat, Oof. I would be selling it with two hands right now. Because Almost this 60% is a significant rally. rally. They're cutting the costs. They've got all kinds of problems going on. Um, you know, wow. and I see it in the grocery store and I go in there and there's two patties and it's eight bucks Canadian for two patties. I think the burgers taste pretty darn good, but it doesn't matter because they're just twice as much money as a normal hamburger. And I'm like, I'm not paying it. So they got to get the price of the, and they're, and they're cutting costs. But I think there's major issues here with this company. Um, I don't think it's a, a zero, but I still don't think it's cheap stock. This has been a nice rally just because all it's kind of like the rising tide of growth has lifted all ships. This is the ship I would sell. We'll see there. Uh, interesting. Beyond Meat. You guys know what I say about Beyond Meat. Fake, fake meat, fake profits, but who knows? Maybe you guys or, or like no it. no profits. <laughs> all right. Okay, one more, go. Mitch. Grab, you grab one more, then I'll grab two. Strong here. Let's get the daily. You can see multiple levels trying to get through this kind of 217s, 220 area. Plenty of times that it's been trying to get through here. EMPH, interesting chart. What do you think, Dennis? Fantastically run company. This solar stock has been so much better than pretty much all the other solar stocks. S-E-D-G-E-N-P-H have absolutely been your leaders. That's why they dominate TAN now, T-A-N. Um, I don't think solar is going away. These are the kind of stocks that will lead the next bull market if we ever get into one. Not a cheap stock, though, so that's an issue. And the other thing is you're running up to all this 220 resistance here. So I think there's going to be a chance to get this stock cheaper. I'd have it on my shopping list, though. All right, you're up, Dennis. What do you see that you like? What do you want to yeah, touch? So let's jump over here. We'll grab PayPal. We haven't looked at that one for a while. PYPL. Nice it one. has started to turn and it has started to bottom and it's starting to show some life. I think the 52 week oh. low for PayPal might be in at 67.58. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks on PYPL. It just ran though. And you got to say, you know, 68 to 77. We just ran 10, 11% in three trading sessions. So that is a run I cannot chase. I hope it pulls back maybe to 71, 72. I did buy Square, so I have some exposure. These two stocks trade together. I bought Square around $64 three or four days ago. It's now 69. Wanted to have some of my portfolio. It was only a half size long-term position. Um, people ask, you know, what are you buying for swing trades or whatever? Some of these on pullbacks I would buy for swing trades, but some of these I've actually put in a long-term investing account too, just because I think Square could grow into the valuation here too. PayPal was a growth stock, became a value stock. Obviously, um, you know, with the decline in price from 300 to 70, I think it's come down far enough that I'm a little more comfortable to say I'd be a buyer of pullbacks now on PayPal, even though the downtrend is still ugly. I actually agree with that. I'm, I'm agreeing on that. I think this is the time where you can 
at least in my eyes, the chart saying that you can start dipping your toes. At least you know you're out there at the bottom. We talked Shopify yesterday. We'll talk it again here today. Let's go. Um, $30, massive support. Bottom, uh, our bottom is definitely in a shop. I don't know if it's the bottom, but our bottom is in. This $30 is the rock of Gibraltar's support. I would say if you're buying shop, I would stop myself out under the $29.72 low. Maybe you go to $29 bucks so you don't get stopped up by a tick. But if I was putting it on, I'd be stopping myself out of 29. Would love a 50% retracement of this, this five-point move that we just had. Say I get in this $32, $33. Um, I'm not sticking on the long-term portfolio. It's still not cheap enough. Great run company. But I do think there's a potential that the 52-week low could be in Shopify too. I'd be a buyer pullbacks. Yeah, I like the price action. I'd be looking for pullbacks closer towards, I agree, the 33.27s, 33.25. That's what I'd be watching today. We'll see what happens in shop. One more. Let's do one more. They don't like the way I say Shopify. I think I'm saying it right. Shopify. Am I saying Who knows, Shopify? man? It... Somebody's saying Shopify. <laughs> Chat's critical today, Shopify. man. Chat's critical. I'm pretty sure it's Shopify. So if I'm saying it's, I, they're saying it's Shopify, I'm pretty sure it's Shopify. I think I'm saying it right. All right. Let's go SoFi. And... I have a trading Ooh, position in it, so I can't talk. This. All right. I'll talk about this one. Oh, man, Spencer. Talked about this one when we broke 15, that it could come back down to below 10. It went way further than that. It went down there to six. Has a lot of bottoming down there towards the 526, 525. Um, not looking too bad. It, it does have the 50 now below it. And we've heard a lot more of these stocks. I think these are going to be in the eyes of bulls looking for stocks that are finally getting above their moving average, uh, their 50-day moving average. This one is. I would look for a pullback to that. That's around 632. One more. We'll grab one more, and then I got to go. I got to go. Let's trade, do it. Which so. one? Uh, I'm scrolling back in the chat here. I want to pick a good one here right at the end. I've seen a lot of dun, names. Dun, dun. Yeah, I know. Usually, I'm pretty quick at this, but I'm grabbing. Oh, man. Okay, let's talk Coinbase. C-O-I-N. I still have a small position from this in the long-term portfolio that I got absolutely rocked and murdered on. And that was my fault. Value trap all the way there. Um, what not that there was really that much value, but you could see, you know, obviously with the sell-off in crypto. I think obviously this is moving with Bitcoin. It's been a big run here. I think at a certain point in time I'm gonna have to eat the losses on this. Um, it's not coming back to two hundred and I don't think ever. Um, I don't think crypto is going away, but I think a lot of problems with you know a lot of the other cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin's gonna be there, maybe Ethereum's gonna be there. There's gonna be a lot of these cryptocurrencies that do go away though. So I, at a certain point in time, I'd, I'd be a seller of Coinbase. But right now, it's turned a little bit. Last three days, 50 to 65. I think it gets in the 75, 80 area. It's time to ring the register if you just bought it. And it may be a, a point in time that's time to cut losses on this thing too and move on. I agree. I think it's going to give you a chance to kind of push on up there, maybe towards the 80 handle. Um, but uh, I, I also, long term, not a fan right now of Bitcoin stocks or anything that has to do with Bitcoin right now. Uh, Mara is also, I mean, mentioned a massive one, right? Mara, uh, it's seen the Bitcoin stock get huge moves. Crazy moving Mara. That's crazy. Your mic's breaking up again, so I'll just take over. Crazy moving Mara. $5 to $13. This is squeezing them, squeezing them, squeezing them. All these things. Riot. Huge move in this. I mean, again, if you've been in these things for a while, it's probably a rally to be sold. 
I don't know where the party stops. 15 is a logical point for MARA. But if you've been in this and you just bought this thing, this thing just doubled. This just doubled in a week. So, and the, after it going up 50% from the week before. So, July the 5th, this was five bucks. It's now 13. So, stock is trading up here uh, almost 200% in 10 trading sessions. Time to ring the register and you're in these things. I don't know where the top is, but I, I think when I'm looking ahead, I don't think Mara is going back to 25. I don't think it's going back to 20. So I think I'd ring the register in a stock like this. All right. That's going to do it for us. 903 here. And I'm going to get uh, Dennis to get on out of here. I'm sure he had a good uh, day to start the morning. Now you're going to go ahead and get to what you do best. Go towards your trading. We'll see you tomorrow like always. Okay. See you guys. All right, I'm going to start wrapping up here, getting you guys over to the boot camp. That was scheduled at 9 a.m. to start there. I think they already getting started. I'm going to get on over there, maybe see what the hell's up with my mic. Sorry about the issues today, guys. I mean, the setup is more than like $500 here, so it should be working well for us. Uh, but, hey, sometimes we do have some technical difficulties. I'll try to restart my computer and see if I can fix it. And just continue moving forward. You're going to be really watching to see what happens in the market today. Of course, we get Tesla's earnings after the bell, United Airlines after the bell. So watch to see if maybe you get a UAL run or a Tesla run before the earnings is what I'll be watching. Let's get after it. I'll see you guys on the boot camp. Come learn today. That's what the boot camp's all about, guys. We're going to have the boot camp now. Um, that's where we go ahead and we get traders on there talking about strategies whether that's options, whether that's equity, come on over and learn today, especially you beginner traders that are out there. Sometimes it's best to just maybe take a seat back, get some free education. We have it for you right now on the bootcamp. I'm going to go ahead and get us started and switch us on up.